way more fun than most of uh, the movies up to now. So, anyway. Uh, hello and welcome to the Watcher's Guide to the Marvel Universe, the show for Civil War superfans. Woo! I am Max. And I am JR. And Mark Millar is by far my favorite comics writer. Oof. <laughs> I know I'm supposed to yes and, but oof. <laughs> I, you know, there are, there are, you know, there are certain blocks on Twitter that you, that are meant to be like badges of honor. Mark Millar is one for me. I'm blocked by him simply because and I've never I've never had any interaction with him. I've never I've never gotten into a conversation and been like, your book sucks yeah. or whatever. Uh, I've simply expressed my opinion on Twitter about his awful fucking books. And he did not take kindly to that, apparently. Oof. So, you know, like, <laughs> that's fine. Um whatever his his books are his books are bad like you know in in my in my edgelord phase i really liked wanted uh and that's not you know there were there were concepts in wanted that i think are interesting but so much of the book is just like okay man all right we get it like well he in his work he's more like creator owned stuff it's mm -hmm. very yeah i get that this guy sucks and i still think he's cool or at least you do um okay and it, it's that way and wanted and he did kick ass as well right kick ass uh he's done what was the thing where the magician escaped her own abortion? Uh, right. I had forgotten all about that. Yeah, that's a thing that actually happens in a Mark Millar book. She was meant to have been aborted, but she escaped and magicked herself into somebody else's uterus. And it's just like, oh, no. And then Nemesis, where he, um, he did the thing about kidnapping the politician's kids and forcing the son, who was gay, to impregnate the daughter and giving them both AIDS or something. And it's just like, oh my fucking God. Yeah. Mark. <laughs> Mark. It's like, we've seen funny games once. We don't need to do this. Right? I mean, has anybody checked on Mark Millar? Like, is he okay? Maybe he needs a hug. Like the Punisher. Anyway, how's it going? Um, worse now that we've talked about that. I feel yeah. I feel bad now. 
Um, Before that, uh, before we extensively discussed the works of Mark Millar, I I think I was fine. I'm changed now. No, he uh, has that effect on people. Yeah, it's it's fine. It's been a week. Uh, I assume something happened. I wasn't involved. Okay. Yep. You watched What If? I did watch What If. I enjoyed it. I think I want to watch it again. It being only... One of the things I saw was that, you know, it's only an, a half hour. So they yeah. kind of cram a lot of stuff in there. And it feels yeah. rushed. And I'm like, it's only a half hour. They kind of had to cram stuff in there. The ending is the part that I cared about. The beginning and the end of What If Comics are usually the parts you care about. Um, right. Unless they do something really wild in the middle. And I thought that the wheel... They did. Uh, they pulled the bullet points, and I'm here for that. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, no, I enjoyed it. Cool. You? Yeah, I, I did too. The animation was better than I thought it was going to be. Mm. Um, I really thought it was going to be that sort of hacked out, cell-shaded CGI. Mm-hmm. The, you know. And it was better than that. Yeah. Um, you know. Uh, you know, Disney can afford to spend, like... But that doesn't mean they always do. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of what I was expecting was just like, okay. But, you know, I was surprised because, you know, you you go into a, you go into something like that and you expect the, uh, the sort of cheap, quick, like, this looks like Haley Atwell. Okay, fine. Um, but I was surprised, I was surprised with a few moments of actual expressiveness from the character models. Mm -hmm. So, well done there, I guess. Um, you know, when she kicks the shit out of the, uh, the dude bro Nazi, uh, you know, and he, like, she punches him in the, she breaks his leg and then punches him in the stomach you actually get like an express an expression when he doubles over and I'm like, Oh, okay. Like you actually put a little effort in. Cool. Yeah. Um, but anyway, we can talk more about that on how marvelous. Uh, so tune into that. Uh, news. The only re- real news is the dark hold. Um, and this is one of those descriptions where I have to I have to struggle not to fall asleep mid-sentence where it's just like various classic characters are exposed to the dark hold and are warped into defiled versions of <clears throat> like you know um dark and gritty reimaginings are super easy i'm sorry they're not hard 
I do it all the time, and it's easy as shit. If I can do it, anybody can do it. It's it's real fucking easy. And so, like, what I want to see is the opposite. I would like to see more reimaginings that are just like, everything is wonderful. Like, you know, um, like Batman 66 has undergone a, a critical re, re um, renaissance in, yeah. in the last few years. A whole lot of people who really didn't like it, uh, have come around stuff like that. Personally, it's, it's fine. Uh, I've never, I never got super into it. Um, but like, yeah, I'm down for a Batman that isn't fucking dark as shit. Right. Um, and you know, I'd like to see more stuff like that. I'd like to see more stuff where we take a dark and gritty character and, um, and turn them into something that doesn't make me want to slit my wrists. And, you know, like, okay, sure. Uh, a horrible Iron Man armor where there's, like, skin stretched across. And then, okay, sure. How about a Tony Stark that doesn't mention his alcoholism, like, every five fucking seconds? That's, I'm down for that. Just like, I'm Iron Man. Life is awesome. We, I'm Iron Man. Pew, I've pew. also, I'm Iron Man, and I've decided the best thing I can do with my immense wealth is to give it away. Is to build affordable housing and quit being Iron Man. Yeah. Um. You know. It's God, just that would kinda... make people's heads fucking explode. <laughs> you know. It is. It is. Um, it's just kind of like, okay, yeah, let's do it, I guess. And I, and I recognize that like now is sort of the perfect time to bring back the dark hold. Um, it being in WandaVision, mm -hmm. um, you know, and I know, I know the comic was delayed, um, due to coronavirus, uh, it is kind of the perfect time now since people actually give a shit about the Darkhold. Um, I know that the Darkhold was in like season six of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. or whatever. But since most of most of the universe stopped giving a shit about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, there's a world of difference between it appearing in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and it appearing in WandaVision. Yeah. Sorry, but that's the way it is. Yeah. Um, otherwise, like I said, it's just, it's like, oh, Blade is king of the vampires and he's in a more feral form. Awesome. Like, I like a lot of the creators that are working on this. Mm -hmm. Um... Because Blade is being written by Daniel Kibblesmith. Mm -hmm. I think you said Ryan North was doing something. On Iron Man. Okay. Uh, Steve Orlando. <coughs> is doing stuff. 
the Alpha, and then uh, Jordi Belair is on the Wasp, which is yeah. cool. Right, you know, you know, like it's nothing against the creators, and I'm not saying that they're going to be fucking phoning it in. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, like, eh. I need to Google what um, Iron Man looks like. I mean, it's pretty much what you'd expect for the premise. <laughs> like, I... Oh, God. Oh, God. It's Event Horizon Iron Man. Yep, That's pretty much. That's fun. That sucks. Yeah. Yeah, oh, oh, no, so. no. It's not even Event Horizon. It's uh, Tetsuo at the end of Akira. Hmm. I don't know. My first thought was sort of Hellraiser. Yeah. Cenobite Iron Man. <laughs> uh, but, you know. Whatever. I don't know. We'll see how it turns out. I didn't... I didn't really even know whether or not to talk about this under news. Because is a gritty... Gritty, grimdark reimagining really all that newsworthy? Eh. Not really. But whatever. Uh, Moving on. Moving on to, speaking of Iron Man's alcoholism. Oh. And I actually said the word correctly this time. Um, Iron Man number 126 has a cover by John Romita Jr. uh, and Bob Layton and is written by David Michelinie, penciled by John Romita Jr., inked by Bob Layton, colored by Ben Sean, lettered by John Costanza, and edited by Roger Stern. Uh, Rhodes is arrested by the Moroccan, uh, Monacan police, uh, in the wake of the battle we did not get to see, and Tony Stark awakens in Justin Hammer's villa. He tries to escape, only to discover that the villa is actually a massive ship, um, that is floating out on the seas, um, And he's taken to a room and placed under guard, not allowed any alcohol, blah, blah, blah. He escapes, and he gets to the spare armor in the briefcase that Hammer's been trying to open, smashes the machine controlling his armor, and prepares to face down Hammer's army of villains. That is the short version. Um, It is... It is frustrating because there's talk in this issue of international or in these issues because Hammer is headed for international waters. Please learn what that means. Please, if you are if you are an aspiring writer. Please learn what international waters means. Let me give you a hint. It does not mean all crime is legal. Um, but Hammer, Hammer is like, oh, I'm your closest competitor. And Stark is just like, well, I've never fucking heard of you. And Hammer's response is, yeah, that's the point. Um, he's like, I've been very careful to stay off the radar. Uh, but, you know, when you take my overall, um, your overall, my overall portfolio with all of the investments I've made in all of the companies I secretly own, I am 
your biggest competitor. Mm -hmm. Um, And by... The whole point, it turns out, is that due to Iron Man killing the Carnelian ambassador, Hammer was given the contract instead of Stark International, blah, 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 whatever. Whoopty fucking... It's, it's your standard sort of extra-legal corporate maneuvering. <coughs> um, I do like how he gets out of his cell, or room. Yeah, yeah, that was that was good. But... Um, I mean, as far as like a little ingenuity, I, I don't know. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes, not every time, but sometimes it's good when uh, the author takes him out of the armor and he has to like run around and actually do shit. And he's been doing that for about two issues now. Um, glad he gets an armor back uh, yeah. by the end of this because. You know, we need that too. Uh, but he tricks the... He bangs on the door to get the guard to come and be like, Hey, there's no booze in here. And the guard's like, Yeah, dumbass. You're not getting any booze. This isn't a vacation. And he's like, There's some water in a pitcher. Go for it. And Stark's like, Ugh. But he goes over. He spills the water on the ground. Breaks a lamp and the guard comes in. And he's like, what the fuck are you doing, man? And he's like, nothing. Drops the lamp in the water. Electrocutes the guard. Yeah. Um, we, get a, we get a throwaway thought from Stark about how the guard will be fine. And it's just like, you don't I mean, know that. <laughs> well, so so here's the thing. He, he says that ostensibly, because it's akin to an... A household amperage mm-hmm. it's not enough to kill the guy um but the there are a couple of problems with that first of all electrocution is electrocution like depending on the circumstances by which it happens it can kill you either way second of all you don't know what that guard has going on if he has a heart condition at all i mean you've just murdered a man <laughs> <laughs> like but whatever. Um, yeah. And, you know, I'm Tony here gets to use his the martial arts that he learned in an afternoon from Captain America <coughs> on some of these guards and stuff like that. Which um, just tells me these guards suck. Yeah. Yeah, they really do. Get it's in close. Just, That's all you got to do. Yeah. Pop them one with an elbow. Yeah, I, I, this is what happens when you get your army of mercenaries from the uh, lowest bidder, I guess. But, uh, Iron Man number 127 has a cover by Bob Layton and is written by David McElhinney and Bob Layton, lettered by Jim Novak, edited by Jim Salakrup, um, a lot happens in this issue because Iron Man battles the army of villains and is about to take on Hammer's guards when Rhodes arrives with the Monacan police. Iron Man is able to capture Hammer's main primary scientist who agrees to confess and clear him of the Carnelian ambassador's death, but Hammer himself escapes. A few days later, Iron Man leaves a television interview and discovers that people are still terrified of him despite... The fact that he's been cleared of the death. 
Um, all of this and everything else that's going on causes Tony to spiral further and further, <laughs> leading to him, Gesundheit, drunkenly taking a floozy into the depths of Avengers Mansion. When Jarvis intercedes and says, you know, Mr. Gyrick's not going to like this, uh, Tony belittles him. Uh, he puts him in his place, says, you're my fucking employee, get out of my face. Um, the next morning, Jarvis resigns, and Tony, Tony realizes that Iron Man is not the problem here, it's the man, not the armor. Um, there is something I want to say about this. So, Jarvis's resignation letter here is a real Richard relocation. Uh, because if you read if you read this issue on Marvel Unlimited or um, or in a trade paperback that has been released in you know in the intervening time or what have you, Jarvis's letter is is completely unreadable, which makes no sense given how much of the page or how much of the panel, it takes up but when you actually look at the original issue you can read jarvis's resignation letter and what it says is this is to notify you that i am tendering my resignation from my position this resignation is to take effect immediately i am leaving because this is no longer the team-spirited one big happy family i once loved working for over the past year or so, I have watched the Avengers' morals disintegrate to the point that, rather than being a team or a family, it is now a coll large collection of unhappy individuals simmering in their own personal stew of repressed anger, resentment, and frustration. I have seen a lot of my friends silently enduring unfair, malicious, or vindictive treatment. My personal grievances are relatively slight by comparison to some, but I don't intend to silently endure. I've watched the Avengers be disbanded, uprooted, and shuffled around. I've become firmly convinced that this was done with the idea of showing the hired help who's boss. I don't intend to wait around to see what's next. Yikes. This is an actual resigna resignation letter. Yeah. This was Dave Cockrum's resignation letter to Marvel oh, when he wow. resigned from his staff job. Uh, in, in Iron Man number 130, David Michelini that ex explains that it was put in by mistake. Yeah, um, somebody lettered all that in there by mistake. Somebody accidentally took the text of an actual resignation letter, changed the to and from to something appropriate, changed Marvel to the Avengers, so on and so forth, all by accident. Yeah. Sure thing. Uh, Bob Layton has actually come out and said it was a prank by somebody. Um, you know, this is, this is one of those jokes where... I'm inclined to say, explain the joke to me. Like, yeah. what is what is that's funny what I, about this? That's what I was going to say is, what's, what's the joke? Because if this was a prank, then everything that he said in there is absolutely true. Yeah. Uh, 
because and I agree with him 100%. Absolutely. Uh, if this if this was a prank, if that's the environment that allows this to be a prank, then yes, he's right. Everything in the everything in the letter is correct. Well, you know, there are comic book creators are people. Yep. I mean, until the algorithm takes over completely, these things are made by people and people can be petty and vindictive and that finds its way in. Um, I know one, one example of this is uh, in one of the Earth X books, there was a panel where behind Peter Parker is a bookshelf and uh, I forget it was talking uh, the spines of the book were somebody had written on the spines of the book talking about ha 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 so and so is dead blah 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 and like it's the sort of thing they've now edited out of trade paperbacks and uh things like that but you know someone was incredibly petty and decided to sneak in a reference to the death of someone they didn't like and it's gonna find its way in but fuck people like well and that's what i mean you you're gonna poison the product if you allow your environment to turn into something like what is being described here um and like i'm saying or i guess what i mean is exactly if if you're in the environment in which the creators are all working isn't the way that it's being described in the letter you read to me then this shit doesn't happen right Right. this shit only happens when that environment is so toxic and poisonous like well there is there is no world in which something like this happens by mistake. Oh yeah. If even if like if you needed a placeholder you don't say, "Well, I happen to have this resignation letter lying around." Yeah. You you put in a a blank space that just says resignation letter. Yeah. Like you do, you don't go to the effort of taking something that somebody wrote that was outlining their very real grievances against your company. Yeah. Alter it to fit the narrative that you've built and then slip it in as a placeholder. That's not that's not how any of this works. It's the I am angry at the what was done here. But more to the point, I'm angry that, like, for my part, I am angry that anyone at Marvel thought I would buy that for even a fucking second. Right. Like, that shows such an utter contempt for me as a reader. That, you know, 
like if you were to come out and say this was a petty move by an employee we've dealt with it we apologize to dave cockrum i could respect that it's shitty that it happened but at least you were upfront about like this fucking sucks we're sorry but trying to tell me no that wasn't supposed to that was a mistake fuck you yeah so i don't like you you hear you hear about why so many in the comics industry don't like jim shooter um but if this is the kind of shit that was allowed during his tenure as editor-in-chief i completely buy that you know people don't fucking like him i understand why was it was it jim shooter that uh kurt busek told a story on twitter a couple of days ago about how it was somebody who went on to work for comics somehow and he came up and was asking him a bunch of editorial questions like how do the what's the planning phases and what are how do you do this and you know like who's in charge of what and why are this why do these decisions made in this way and whatever and uh he looked at he looked at the kid eventually and he was like did the any like the guy next to him i don't remember who it was was like he goes did uh did he tell you i was or who jim shooter was and the kid's like, yeah, I think, I think it was Jim Shooter. He goes, yeah. He goes, and he pointed down at the end of the table where, where Shooter was sitting. Well, I think it was Jim Shooter, where Shooter was sitting. And he goes, and you came and asked me because I look a lot less scary than him down there. And he was like, yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe it, it is. I'll have to find it. The it is it is interesting because you know the man's responsible for a lot of what Marvel is now for mm-hmm. good or ill, um, but yeah, like the shit he did did not make him a lot of friends, and it is it is why. He's pretty well ostracized by most of the comics community, despite having been in a position of real power at a very transitional time. Um, But, you know, it it does come down to he angered a lot of people. And, um, you know, I don't know. At some point, we'll have to do a deep dive into Jim Shooter because... There's a lot of there there, um, but this is some bullshit. That's all yeah. I'm gonna. That's what I'm gonna leave off with on that. This is some absolute bullshit. So, uh, moving on, moving on, moving on. Uh, we get to sort of the seminal issue of this period, uh, which is Iron Man number one, number one twenty eight. If you've seen an Iron Man cover, it is probably this one. Um, this has uh, this issue was colored by Bob Sharon, lettered by John Costanza, and edited by Roger Stern. 
The cover, of course, is Tony looking into a mirror, looking utterly disheveled with a bottle of whiskey on the on the dresser in front of him. Um, Tony gets drunk and as Iron Man fucks up in the cleanup of a train derailment because he's so goddamn drunk, causing a chlorine leak. Bethany uh, confronts Tony about his drinking, explaining that her ex-husband's drinking killed him and that she did not have the strength to stick around, but that she's going to this time, which... Your ex-husband's death is not your fault. You know, like... I don't quit because it's hard, but at the same time, if you if you've done everything you can and a person is committed to being self-destructive, that is not a reflection on you. If you are if you are with us here and you've ever felt that way, go easy on yourself. Some people are committed to self-destruction. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, but she stays with him for days as he detoxes. Um, Tony then apologizes to Jarvis and asks him to come to work. Unfortunately, while he was unemployed, he sold or he he used his couple of shares of SI as collateral for some loans to help his sick mother. Uh, Because he lost his job, they were considering him as having defaulted. Um, Tony's like, fuck. So he tries to go and confront the guy who uh, is in charge of the loan and demand that he give him his shares back. Uh, and the guy's like, I'm sorry, they've already been sold. Couple of government agents came and got them this morning, meaning that Shield now holds a controlling share of his company. Uh, returning, Tony very nearly has a drink. Um, you know, there's a there's a moment of at this point, who fucking cares? And Bethany and Jarvis turn away, and they're like, "Do what you're gonna do," and he doesn't. So. Well done. Um, this is this is. I am torn on this issue. Um, really, really torn on this issue. <laughs> um, because on the one hand, I feel like if this were be to be made today, this would be a twelve-issue arc. Um, and it's like, on the one hand, I feel like it was reasonably well handled. On the other hand, I feel like maybe 12 issues would have given this the time and attention it deserves. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. Uh, you know, it is, yeah, I, I'm really not sure whether I wanted this to be longer or not. Um, I don't know that 12. I would have done three. 
I'm just saying I could I could easily see this single Tony's fight against alcoholism would absolutely have been a much longer arc. Uh, and I could easily see it being two trades worth, you know, okay. uh, you know, from beginning to end, I think trade number one would have been him spiraling uh-huh. and trade number two would have been him realizing detoxing trying to make amends with people stuff like that working the program um you know so yeah um i make a i make a i make a lot of how tony can't go without mentioning the fact that he's a former alcoholic um but it is it is a powerfully character defining story so yeah any thoughts you know i mean i agree with you okay it it feels like i i I, the one thing that i'm kind of uh a little surprised by is the the way in which he decides to you the the fact that he decides to use Iron Man to go confront this loan officer mm-hmm. is, and he's sober, is confusing. Because this is not a great plan, my dude. You walk well, in here as, if you walk in here as Tony Stark and you say, hey, I'm here to do business, <laughs> like, because I'm a businessman also, uh, instead of threatening him with a weapon that's the guy clearly is just like i would you didn't have to break my fucking window uh this is not how we do things sir and yeah. uh it just doesn't and then he goes ape shit when the guy's like i can't please leave like this isn't the way we a this isn't the way things work i don't believe I'm any under any obligation to actually do what you're asking me to do now. And B, even if I wanted to, I can't. So, goodbye. And then he wrecks his whole fucking office and nearly gets arrested. And finds... Well, yeah. It, I, it's, I think... it's, it's an interesting... It's like... He, you could get to the same place without him destroying a man's office and nearly throwing him out a window i think the important thing to bear in mind here is there is a difference between sober and in your right mind okay tony is still in a very bad place um and while while the worst of the dts have passed Mm -hmm. i don't i don't think that all things being equal tony would have handled this the way he did here um as a general rule uh i think that his his handling it the way he did is still very much demonstrating that it it's far from over um okay you know so i don't know that that comes across if that was the intent uh this is just how i read it um, but there's nothing, 
there's nothing in the in the um there's nothing explicit in the text that says Tony is ostensibly sober, but I would not say he's well yet. Um, That's just, that's how I read it, given everything else that's going on. So, I don't know. Uh, So that brings us to Thor Annual number eight, um, which (sighs) it's... It's one of those things that although this is a an annual, uh, I feel like we can blow through it pretty Hell quickly. Yes. Um, so this has a cover by Keith Pollard and Bob Layton and is written by Roy Thomas, penciled by John Buscema, inked by Tony DeZuniga, colored by George Russo's, lettered by Joe Rosen, edited by Roy Thomas and Jim Shooter. Um... Thor and Loki, this this takes place at a point before the present day, but after Thor's initial run-in with Hercules. Um, Thor and Loki wander through a crack that leads to ancient Greece. Due to the mists, they lose their memory. Thor finds himself in Troy right, right as the war is going on, uh, which brings him to blows with Zeus himself. Uh, Thor, in the process of this, regains his memory, um, and is reunited by, with Loki, who's just like, yeah, I haven't been, I haven't exactly been idle either, and reveals that he gave the Greeks the idea for the Trojan horse. Um, (laughs) after Thor had gone through all of this rigmarole to get them to call a truce. Yeah. He he had essentially stopped the siege and like legitimately stopped the siege. Everybody was going to just go home and like make maybe make reparations later. But like we were we were done and walking away thinking we'd done a good job. And he runs into Loki and Loki's like, oh, yeah, no, I I couldn't remember who I was for a while afterward, too. But, uh, you know, that. Eventually, I came around, and uh, yeah, I haven't exactly been um, sitting on my hands waiting for you to come around. And Thor's like, oh, fuck, what did you do? And he goes, what did you think I did? <laughs> like, this, i that's the best part of it for me, is the ending with Loki being like, I'm fucking Loki. <laughs> like, yeah. what are you, what are you, how are you surprised, my dude? And yeah. Thor being like, let's just go home. Like, I, he doesn't even get as usual mad at him. He's just like, I just got to get you out of here before Zeus finds out and kicks the shit out of both of us. <laughs> yeah. Now... One thing I will say, so Thor and Zeus come to blows. That part is cool a, too. Is yeah. a fairly succinct version of what happens. I do like because Zeus and Thor throw down over whether or not the gods should be involved in all of this, and Zeus is like, "Stay out of it." And Thor is like, "Your gods are involved," and he's like, "Yeah, because it's our shit. Leave it alone." And but at a certain point, like, 
Thor just refuses to go down and Zeus is like, why don't you just concede? I'm willing to end this. And Thor's like, because if I admit defeat here, it is only a matter of time before you and your Olympians march on Asgard. And Zeus is like, that's what you're... Dude, all you had to do was ask. Your dad and I have a non-aggression pact. Like, I stay out of his shit, he stays out of mine. We're good. And Thor's like, oh. Okay. All right. And, like, that's the end of the fight. So... I, you know, I like that Thor here is just so bullheaded about the whole thing. And Zeus is like, no, man. The, no. All you had to do was say something. Yeah. So, yeah. I like that Thor, out of his depth, Thor is an interesting guy because he sort of reverts back to dumbass, like you said, stubborn Thor who's just like nope i hold the line and it's like no you could just ask dickbag uh but like he's kind of bullheaded and dumb uh when he when he doesn't have a clear handle on the situation like when he's not thor in charge thor he just goes i do what i he reverts very much to i know what to do is hit it with this hammer um and that's that's okay. I think that I'm not. That's not a knock against the character or the portrayal of the character. I think that's fine for the character to do. Well, and uh, and that's why I was very careful to mention at the beginning of this is that this is not present day Thor. This is pre Donald Blake Thor. So he is very much still that pig headed asshole. Yeah. Um. He hasn't had all of the experiences that lead us to the modern, more um, more grounded, more willing to talk first yeah. kind of Thor that we see in the present day stories. And so, yeah, you know, the, the old school Thor who's just like, no, I will this is what I'm doing and that's how it's going to be is fun. Um, I wouldn't want to read an ongoing about him, but it's occasionally nice to, uh, to, you know, every so often revisit that version of Thor, if only to remind us how far he's come. Yeah. I can um, see that. The what's, what's funny about this, you know, comics, comics is incredibly changeable and what you're planning to do is not always what happens which is why the last at the end of this it starts talking about how in this issue thor met Aeneas, and that next year's annual will be about the founding of rome by Aeneas, um and uh that was definitely the plan but that's not what happened. Yeah. And, you know, that's fun. <laughs> this um, reads a lot more like somebody read the Iliad and really wanted to do that. And yeah. they said no. <laughs> and he was like, can I put it in Thor annual? That kind of works. And they were like, sure. Um, and that's okay, fine. Roy. 
Yeah. Okay, Roy. Uh, yeah, that's fine though. Yeah, and you know, um, the yeah. So it's fine for annuals to just kind of be like, we're gonna play around a little bit. This isn't part of the overall story right now. Let's just have a bit of fun um, before we start getting into all of the each year's annuals are all going to be connected shit. So, yeah. It's especially good for Thor to do that, where we do have all of this mythology and, you know, pantheon of stuff that we can go back to and say, like, this isn't... None of this matters right now. It's part of the myth of Thor or whatever. And you can do that and it's fine. Yeah. Yep. All right. So that unfortunately starts us off on Defenders number 69, which has a cover by Herb Trimpey, Bob Layton, George Russos, and Irving Watanabe. Written by Mary Jo Duffy and Jim Shooter, penciled by Herb Trimpey, inked by Al Milgram, colored by Ben Sean, lettered by John Costanza, and edited by Al Milgram and Mary Jo Duffy. So, the I say unfortunately, here's the thing. I'm unfortunately because it means we have more of this lunatic bullshit. On the plus side, we wrap it up. So, that's that's good. Um, but, they... Um, this issue, we revisit the Defender's first outing from way back in Marvel premiere number one. Um, the Omegatron that they fought in that issue has been reactivated somewhat by the intrusion of a man named Jeff Colt, empowered to have any superpower he wants and be able to absorb energy the more he is attacked. Jeff stops a few crimes, um, before being confronted by the defenders. He's able to hold them off, um, until... Eventually, Doctor Strange, who has not gotten involved because the last thing he wants is for him to be empowering this guy because that could have drastic consequences um, or disastrous consequences, I mean. Uh, he he reverts the Hulk to Blue, Bruce Banner, Strange does, so that Hulk can't keep attacking the guy. Uh, Nighthawk, though, is then able to deposit him on an island that is outside of the Omegatron's sphere of influence, rendering him powerless once he uses up the energy he's accumulated. Uh, at that point, Jeff is told that he cannot be allowed around other people as long as he has this power, so he uh, agrees to be depowered so that he can be back with the woman he loves. Um, it's kind of a nice little standalone story. Um, you have this guy, Jeff, who develops superpowers and he's ostensibly doing the right things with them. Like he's, he's using them to stop crime. He uses them to save the woman he loves from getting hit by a car. 
stuff like that. And when the <coughs> defenders show up, his first thought is, oh, you want me to join? And they're like, no, no, you can't be left like this. This is not going to be able to stand. And so his reaction is like, what the fuck? Yeah. No. Um, I okay. totally get where Jeff is coming from here. <laughs> okay, clearly you need a demonstration of what I'm capable of in order to understand what I'm talking about. And they're like, no, uh, we don't. They do Jeff a disservice, I think, by not being like, doing a little bit of a run around and being like, actually, we're here to talk about how you got these powers. Uh, Because we have... We have information that you don't, that I think you need. Um, right. We don't have a comic then, right? We don't have a cake book where people punch each other. Um, but... Yeah. Well, but, you know, I think... I think this is something... There's an issue of Ultimate X-Men that does this. And does it really well. Yeah. That, X, um, that Wolverine issue. Yeah. Yeah. Where the kid, just by existing, kills the people around him. Yeah. And they they do exactly what you're talking about, where he comes in and he's just like, yeah, no, sorry. Sorry, bud. There's no, there's no costume for you, pal. Yeah. Like, um, but yeah, you know, it, it is, it is, of course, this could have been handled better. Mm-hmm. They could have, instead of saying, no, you need to be stopped immediately, they could have been like, okay, there are certain things you need to understand here. Yeah. Let's sit down and talk about this. And he probably would have been like, okay, I mean, you know, it sucks, but oh, well, um, uh, they do. Sorry. They do make some like, uh, hand wavy motions toward him being, consumed with this power and what it means and how he could change his life with it and uh that part is a little weak for me um just because Mm -hmm. i don't i don't know jeff that well uh but um it's fine yeah as a as a the defender stops somebody the thing that i think is, is sort of cruel ish is okay you have to live on this island until we figure out how to get you decoupled from the omegatron and i'm like you're never going back to him (laughs) even (laughs) even uh even nighthawks like what it's not like i'm not gonna bring you food you idiot and he's like oh okay i get it um okay yeah this is fine and uh, i'm like no you're gonna forget immediately uh no one's yeah it it tends to be it tends to be the case that oh superheroes have the best intentions yeah okay i forgot he begs them to take it away if this is the only way that he can live with the powers is on this island by himself away then he begs them to take him take the powers from him somehow please god one of you has to know how to do it 
and Strange is like, is that really what you want? And he's like, yes, please, God, take them away. And he's like, okay, that's all I was waiting for. And Yeah, because Strange wasn't able to do it as long as he was resisting. Yeah. Uh, if he resisted, then there was no way it was going to work. He had to be willing to part with the power. Yeah, completely. So, yeah. so they do back him into a corner and take away all his toys and say the only way off it is... They don't tell him the only way off is because then he maybe he's not willing, right? He can still hold yeah. back something. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it's it is less of a dick move on Kyle's part. So that's yeah. That's good. <laughs>